Everything you know about health is about to change. Welcome to Straight Talk on Health with Dr. Vincent Medici. Sometimes people suffer, not from lack of faith, but from lack of knowledge. This is the show that changes that. If you are tired of being sick, tired of not getting answers, tired of spinning in circles, for healing is not a mystery. It is a miracle that you were designed to experience. It takes hard work and real knowledge. It takes patience and time. It takes the education this show can provide. So get it straight today. Here's Dr. Medici. Good morning. Well, today's show, you guys have compelled me to do it. Why have I been compelled to do this show? Because you keep walking into my office with this sad look on your face because you've been told that your disease, your symptom, whatever you're dealing with is genetic. And they even tell you the gene. And they even tell you where you got the gene. And of course, you conclude there's nothing you can do about it except take the drug. And more and more, we're looking to make drugs that can modulate you genetically, change you genetically, switch the genes on or off as it may be required. And so you're forced to accept your fate. It's a terrible thing when you walk into a doctor's office and you've got an alarming health concern, heart disease, cancer. I had someone a couple of weeks ago and their cholesterol's too high and the bells are all ringing and the alarms are going off. And of course, the cardiologist tells his patient that it's a genetic thing because the patient, of course, feels, well, he eats well and he does what the Surgeon General tells him to do and his cholesterol shouldn't be too high and it is too high and there's a cardiovascular concern and he's told by the cardiologist, well, I think your high cholesterol is it's your genetics. And then they give you the name of the gene. I had somebody else tell me they had a polyp. And of course, this individual's mother died of heart disease, of, of colon cancer. And the gastro, the, the medical doctor told the individual that upon testing that they tested positive for a genetic marker and that that's the reason that the mother got the colon cancer and that's the reason that the individual I'm talking about may get the colon cancer. And it, it really steals your thunder. Of course, this is nonsense. And I have to explain to you why it's nonsense. Now, I am not talking about, when I say nonsense, congenital genetic disease. People that are born and they've got big problems. And you know the kind of thing I'm talking about. Because there's some chromosomal abnormality. Not just a gene sequence. Some little three nucleotide mistake. I'm talking about a full breach in the chromosome. These are your more congenitally driven diseases, but they're called genetic, and to the public, it's all the same thing. So to clarify right from the beginning, we're not talking today about congenital genetic disease. 
What we are talking about are my other two examples. That's what you've got to understand, because if you're the general public, you're going to clump them all into the same category. And so now that we're finding the genetic link, we always knew there was a genetic link, but all the money's going into looking for drugs to sort of like augment the genetic sequence. We're popping up with more and more genes that we can name. We can say, well, colon cancer. PODL, PODL1 gene, either one of them or both. We can say breast cancer, BRCA gene, BRAC1 or BRAC2. And you're going to see over the months and years more and more when you go to the doctor and you've got an alarming situation, you're headed towards senility, towards Alzheimer's, towards heart disease, towards cancer, towards autoimmune disease, so on and so forth, towards arthritis and then joint replacement. The new scam, and it is a scam, is you're going to be told the genes involved. So let's lay some basics down. And again, you'll have to get on the show again probably because if I don't talk fairly fluidly, we're never going to get this in. I may have to do a second part. I don't know. But all I want you to understand, when we say genetics, all we mean, and it's so simple, if you're told correctly, not in this idiotic, complicated, condescending, academic way. It's very simple. You go into a cell. You go into the nucleus of the cell, the center of the cell, the brain of the cell, and you've got six feet. You have six feet. This is where, I mean, it's amazing. You have six feet of a sequence of four nucleotides. Nucleotides, the basic building blocks of the DNA molecule. But forget DNA. Let's stick with genetics. Adenine, thymine, guanine, cytosine, the four nucleotides that DNA is made of. There are sequences of, I think it's three billion nucleotides in six feet. The length of these three billion nucleotides is six feet. Now the cell is microscopic. So how could the length be six feet? All six feet is compressed, condensed, and twisted up into this infinitely complex geometry. Right? So if you go into the cell, if somebody tells you you have heart disease and it's genetically driven, if we go into your heart cell and pull out the cell and go into the center of the cell, we can pull out six feet of a nucleotide sequence. That's about three billion, I think. Now, along that six feet, which is all stuffed together like a spool of thread, but they say like a spool of thread, think of it as a rat's nest. The spool of thread deal, it stinks. It's a rat's nest. It's a much better way to think of it. Ladies, when your hair is all tangled up, I mean, tangled bad. That kind of thing where for an hour you got to like, you know, do that lady thing. That's the way the DNA and that six foot strand is all tied up. It's a mess. Now, 
along that six feet, along those sequences of adenine, thymine, cytosine, guanine, nucleotide sequences, every so many sequences along the billions of nucleotides, every so many sequences, it could be 20 sequences, it could be 2,000 sequences, 2,000 nucleotides. It varies. But along that six week, there are compartmentalized sequences that will code for specific proteins, and those proteins have functions. And those functions along that sequence that designates for a specific function, we call a gene. Genes are simply the amount of the sequence that make that protein that cause that trait. Eyes are brown, eyes are blue. And then without complicating it, understand that there may be multiple genes or multiple sequences coding for multiple proteins to create a trait or a phenotype, meaning your eyes are blue, your hair is blonde, you're tall, you're short. But basically when we say gene, it simply means that along that six-foot strand of DNA are sections that will code for what we know as a specific trait, or at least participate in a singular, knowable way. And along that six feet, there's lots of sequences. We have no idea what they do. I think... In the human genome, we're aware of about 20,000 genes. In other words, in the human genome, the human six feet of DNA sequence, we can section off about 20,000 different places and say we know what within that sequence of nucleotides, we know what that does. But most of it is still a mystery. We don't know what we are genetically, who we are. We don't know what our limitations are. And anyone that tells you otherwise is a screwball. The older I get, the less respect I have. What I learned was science. Science needs an overhaul. The public is being sucker punched all the time. And it's getting much, 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 much worse. You are being programmed each day into impotence. I won't even get into the most recent example, but you know what I'm referring to. But it's more than that. It's always been more than that. So let's not be sucker punched. All right, so we're laying down some of the basics here. Now... I said that these 20,000 genes along the six feet of DNA are all scrunched up like one big mess. But there is a pattern to this big mess. So just think of that big spool of thread, six feet of it, all mangled up as I use the term 
But we can still see within this mangled six feet, we can see 23 distinct places. And those are the 23 human chromosomes. So chromosomes are simply big chunks of mangled, tied up, twisted, knotted DNA. But we can see a distinct, segmented section of all these knots. And we call each of these knots chromosomes. And you have 23 to 46, depending on what you're talking about. Now, here's where we start to get interesting. And again, if you go to the website, I've got pictures of all of this. That's straighttalk.cc, not .com, straighttalk.cc. You can see lots of pictures of these things. Now, here's the key. This knotted ball of DNA, this knotted ball of six feet of DNA is constantly changing shape. Constantly. And as it changes shape and configuration, so think about unraveling this big six-foot knot of rope or thread or twine or hair. All microscopic. Think of it as it ravels and wrinkles up into some twisted knot, but then it changes its shape. And it changes its shape. And it changes its shape again. And it's always changing its shape. The six feet of DNA is in a constant state of dynamic flux. Its geometry is always different at all times. And they don't want to tell you this. The closest that most people in genetics get to understanding this is, is that the six feet of DNA is tied around a bunch of histones, these balls. You can see them on the website. And these histones in a group of eight with all the DNA string wrapped around it, is called a nucleosome. And then the DNA wrapped around the nucleosome or wrapped around the histones comprising a nucleosome is constantly changing its shape based upon whether or not the nucleosome is or the DNA that's wrapped around the nucleosome whether it's unwrapping or wrapping based on different chemical processes called acetylation, deacetylation, methylation, demethylation, controls whether or not genes express. So what you're told in school, in graduate school, what we think we see in a lab, what we think we know, and what I'm sorry, a lot of doctors don't know. They really don't. Is simply that whether or not a gene 
your gene, the bad gene, the gene that's going to predispose you to a disease, whether or not that expresses is a function of just how this big ball of genes, of nucleotide sequences, is shaped in any given time. How it is shaped, if we look at it, how it is shaped based on acetylation, deacetylation, all these chemical processes that we name, how it's shaped determines whether or not it expresses and whether you have a problem. So let's take an oncogene, a cancer gene, something you have, something I have, or let's take a tumor suppressor gene. That means a place along that six feet that will make sure cancer doesn't happen or cancer does happen. And let's say at some point that shape across that six feet of all twined up chromatin is deciding to function or express. In the case of a cancer gene, you start getting cancer. In the case of a tumor suppressor gene, if it expresses and it's supposed to, you don't get cancer. And you can look at the disease processes of so many diseases that are a compilation of so many genes that along the way, if all the genes are aligned by design, by configuration, by geometry to express, you get the disease. Now what we do, geniuses that we are, because we're so smart, is we call our pharmacology guys in, our pharmaceutical chemists. And I, as president of the drug company, say, I want you guys lined up, past inspection, and I want you to study all the sequences required, all the gene expression required before someone starts growing a spear of broccoli out their eyeball and they have brain cancer or something like this. I want you guys to study every genetic sequence and I want you to figure out a way to interfere with it. We call that the future of pharmaceutical medicine. We're going to tailor our drugs after we study our gene sequences such that that drug will turn a gene off It'll disfigure it. It will stop it from expressing. It sounds good, except we forgot. Genes think. This configuration is an intelligence. In fact, this configuration is crystalline. In fact, this configuration is piezoelectric. DNA which is what I'm talking about, the six-foot DNA molecule makes light. Look it up yourself. And there's no play on words. I don't want any of you imbecilic engineers thinking out of only one side of your brain or scientists or geneticists saying, this is a leap. 
It's an absurd leap. This is the problem with science. It's the problem with medicine. You have people of limited imagination, limited ability, who understand one small piece of the game, who refuse to look at the other side, to come to terms with things that are very obvious in the biophysical realm, that science that gets sweeped under the rug, in the epigenetic world, that science that already can't find funding because you have guys like Fauci determining who gets dough. And no one's getting dough for epigenetics. Yeah, every now and then, some Russian or some Swede out in the middle of nowhere gets a few thousand dollars, and he can go starve for five to ten years to publish a paper that no one's ever going to read. And that's about all the interest is in the higher aspect of the fact that the DNA molecule generates light, that it's a crystal. It is not a disorganized accumulation of atoms and molecules. It is a geometrically designed arrangement of atoms. And because you call it crystalline, it can enhance its vibration. Meaning, if you hit it, if you tap it, it can play a special kind of music and go off almost like a transducer into its own intelligence. And if you take that a little further or you dig a little deeper, you'll understand it's an electromagnetic entity, which means what we call the gene and how it's constantly expressing or not is subject to electromagnetics. Electromagnetics from where? Maybe from your thoughts. Maybe from your physical structure. Maybe from chemistries that we haven't figured out, exogenous chemicals. Maybe that's what a carcinogen a carcinogen a carcinogen does. Maybe a carcinogen that causes an oncogene to express is changing the physical structure. And of course it is. That's not news to anybody. In fact, if you look at it a certain way, you'll understand that six feet of DNA is one big blob. It's in an ever-changing, dynamic, geometric progression going in one direction or the other. In fact, we could sum it all up into the auric field. We could sum it all up into the frequency, wavelength, and amplitude that aligns itself with optimal health or disease. We really could. And then we could start to understand that that DNA in that we are living organisms is aligned with other forms of magnetics. So what do we mean by other forms of magnetics? Well, last week I did a show on telluric currents, on Schumann waves, on where you ought to be a lot. And where, unfortunately, too many of us are not, of what we're sleeping in. In fact, if you really take it back far enough, if you take it back to ancient medicine, 
not holistic medicine today in Los Angeles, unfortunately. But if you take it back to when we really understood what electromagnetics was, we threw tools, we threw therapies, we knew we needed an ecosystem to engulf the human organism such that the way it modulated its blob of DNA would allow it to commune with the stars. We did. Now, generally, I speak to Christians, as I am a Christian, and this is a Christian radio show, but understand broad spectrum across seven continents from the beginning of time, whenever that was. This reality has undermined. It is fundamental. All health as you want it, all joy as you want it, all disease as you don't want it is defined by what I'm talking about here. And so what do we do with it? What we do with it is take very, very small pieces of it, tie it in to a medicine run by criminals, industrialists, slime pigs, and then deceive people into fits of panic by telling them, oh yeah, that high cholesterol, there's a gene that causes that, and I'm sorry, but you've got that gene. What does that make us? I don't want to get into that, but what does that make us if we listen to this? That's a sin. It's no good. And we have to come to terms with this. And it's only an invitation to good news. Now, I could say this show's about epigenetics. I didn't use that word more than once. Just look up the word epigenetics. I defined for you today the word epigenetics, but epigenetics gets no funding. Yeah, yeah, if you do your Google search, what Google hasn't taken out because it doesn't align with pharmaceutical interest, but I can assure you if you go to DuckDuckGo, you can look up epigenetics. That's right, we're coming to the world of new platforms, right? Free platforms, BitChute, DuckDuckGo. And this is the way the new world needs to be. Fellow Christians and otherwise, there's a new world here. Be ahead of the curve. I'm Dr. Vincent Medici. If you've got a health concern, 714-850-1007. 714-850-1007. If you've got a health concern, make that call. Come to my office. Commit to thinking outside the box, get to work, and you'll be delivered. Okay, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Okay, that's a wrap. Don't forget to get to Dr. Medici's website at drmedici.com to look at the pictures and review the show as often as you wish. See you next week.